Jenny, why are you holding back? My closest friends always ask intrusive questions. Wedged into the back seat on our road trip to Houston right before Christmas, I gave my soundbite answers, not wanting to take up too much of the oxygen in the car and knowing that my life, in comparison to so many, is just not as hard as it sometimes feels. They didn't buy it. Becca pressed in again. I see it, Jenny. I see it on you and in you. You feel so much pressure. Where is the pressure coming from? I looked out the car window. Tears burned in my eyes, but I wouldn't let them fall. I couldn't decide if I actually wanted to go there and feel it all. As much as I tried to mean it, when I declared I'm good, a steady, silent grief had been growing in recent months. It seemed my chest was always tight, and many nights I lay awake half afraid and half trying to trust God with things like the nagging insecurities I carry, wondering if any of the ways I am spending my life even matter. The growing challenges we are facing with one of our kids and his special needs. The grief I feel for my baby sister, who is suffering through unthinkable tragedy. The inescapable pressures I feel as I lead a growing organization that has taken on a life of its own. The weariness that all of these pressures and more bring. The sin that is coming out of me toward people I love because of the stress of it all. Ugh, do I go there? What good will it accomplish? Wanting to keep my composure, I held back as we drove the few hours to Houston. I wanted to hide behind the familiar posturing that would shift everyone's attention onto the next topic. I was silent, deciding. But they weren't going to stop. Subject change. Let's stop and eat. Aren't you all hungry? They agreed to let me eat if I would open up and tell them how I was really doing. Held hostage by these crazy good friends, I would have to risk being vulnerable. Somehow, in the posh suburbs of Houston, we found this little shack of a burger joint with a dirt floor and no central heat. We were the only ones there. We huddled around the outdoor heater and ate some of the best burgers we'd ever tasted. To the constant concern of our darling waiter, who continually brought me napkins, I fell apart, and with a lot of tears gave my friends access to all of me. The constant inadequacy I feel, the fears of letting down those I lead, or even worse, my kids. The constant pressure I try to ignore but never seem to escape. The grief for my sister. The doubt that I often feel toward God, even though I preach and write books about Him. The way I had snapped earlier on a poor intern at the office. The constant feeling that no matter how hard I try, I cannot be enough. All the things I didn't want to say, didn't even want to admit to myself, I said them. For two solid hours, my friends gifted me all the oxygen. They sacrificially and without judgment handed it over and forced me to breathe it in, to lovingly receive it without fear. For the first time in a long time, I laughed hard and free, the deep, happy, make-fun-of-your-life-and-yourself kind of laughter. For those two hours, I let myself be a complete fool who didn't have an iota of her junk together. I was free of the expectations, the roles I play, the pressures of real life. Nothing about my circumstances changed in that moment, but everything on the inside shifted. I didn't realize until then that accidentally I'd let my life subtly turn into a performance. 
On that dirt floor, I forgot all my lines, abandoned all my roles, dropped all of the costumes. I had nothing to prove. I drank in grace. I hadn't known that was what I'd been so thirsty for. Grace. I didn't know until I confessed my thirst on a dirt floor over burgers. My friends had that grace stored up from the contagious grace of Jesus that they all know well. Like a cold stream, Jesus' grace poured out of them into my dry, weary, thirsty soul. Maybe you've known that thirst, that deep within your bones craving for relief. Maybe you feel it right now. I'm convinced every one of us is fighting some pressure, some suffering, some sin, some burden, perhaps all of those at the same time. Yet what do we all say when we're asked the question, how are you? We say, okay, fine, great. I have a secret for you. Nobody is okay, fine, great. But goodness, we are all tired of trying to pretend we are. Are you tired? You are not alone. The truth I found that day on the dirt floor outside Houston is available and true every day for every one of us. We need a new way to live. Do you want off the stage? Guess what? A cheeseburger and a dirt floor shack full of grace are waiting for you. But I should warn you, there is a full-on war to keep you from finding it. If heaven and God and angels and demons are all real, then a real enemy is out to claim all that is good and free and peaceful and joyful in us. So we start here. We start by realizing we are not alone. We start by recognizing that indeed all hell will be out to get us if we decide to live free and enjoy grace. Ben Rector, one of my favorite musicians, often puts words to music in a way that expresses truth. He wrote, Sometimes the devil sounds a lot like Jesus. We've been deceived by the lies of an enemy who knows exactly how to twist our thirst to his purposes. And we desperately need to open our eyes to his perverse tactics.